at the start of my relationship that I'm in now, I did the test and I feel like I was like, okay, I understand why when this happens, I get upset or I get frustrated. And I do feel like it actually helped me communicate things clearer in a non-aggressive way because, you know, you kind of can say, I understand that this is happening, but this is how I receive love. And that's where you can create boundaries as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, boundaries for yourself and boundaries for your partner because, you know, we all have needs in a relationship and we all have things that we require to feel loved and, you know, we should never kind of compromise who we are to suit a person we're dating. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Way podcast, your go-to place for all things fun, happiness, well-being, growth, trust and diversity. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthiest self and live life the happy way. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode is all about love, communication, and how to best understand yourself and your partner to create a long-lasting and healthy relationship. Many things define a healthy relationship, but communication skills and self-love are at the forefront of success. To guide us through today's episode and provide us with some amazing tools, resources, and skills to help us love better is Hannah. Hannah has studied a psychology in science and is currently undertaking her master's in counseling and psychotherapy. She helps empower young people in their dating life and relationships to build healthier and stronger relationships with themselves and the people they love and today she is here to help you. So let's get into it. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Excited to have you on. This I'm is excited to yeah. Be here. This is an episode that I was as we were, you know, drafting up the questions. I'm like, oh my god, I'm actually really excited to learn all of oh, this love stuff. That. Love it. Yeah. So I want to start by asking a big question: communication within a relationship. How important is it, and how do you go about it without it becoming an argument and being on the defense? So communication is extremely extremely important in relationships, in all sorts of relationships. So relationships with your friends, relationships with your family. It's important to establish what your needs are and to be clear about Mm -hmm. those and not sweep things under the rug, which a lot of people can tend to do a bit. So (laughs) one of the main aspects of that and one of the things I find really important is regular check-ins with your partner. So Mm -hmm. long-lasting growth-orientated relationships, they take work. They don't come easy at all times. You know, relationships ebb and flow through difficult and, you know, easier periods and people are constantly growing and therefore relationships are constantly evolving. Needs change, commitments change, things like that. So in order to stay on the same page of life and support each other better, it's so important to check in with each other frequently. And it's really simple in doing this. So dedicating a time every fortnight or month or even more frequently during tough periods is or can make a huge difference mm-hmm. to a relationship. So this can be an easy as easy as a five-minute conversation, asking questions like, you know, what's making you happy right now? What can we do more of to make you happy? Is there anything I could be, be doing better to support you? You know, especially if someone's going through a bit of a stressful period with work, yeah. they might need, you know, different needs than what they usually would. Asking questions about, for example, sex life and how things are feeling for you at the moment. If, mm-hmm. you know, your partner's looking for something, you know, wanting to experiment with new things, you know, asking partner what's what makes you feel close to them and things like that. So checking in regularly encourages that openness and communication and makes a habit of it. So yeah. if you're organizing these regular checkups, even if they're 
once a month, they can be really important because it gives you an opportunity to voice your concerns and deal with concerns before they snowball yeah. into big issues. And we're not mind readers. Mm-hmm. And so many, of, uh, so many of us expect our partners Absolutely. to just read, you know, our emotions and know exactly what we want, but we really need to discuss what our needs are and yeah, make sure that we're continuing that conversation mm-hmm. and not assuming things either, because if we're not checking in, this can lead to miscommunication, yeah. built up resentment if things aren't resolved. And it can be the reason that people start growing apart in relationships without yeah. even realising. And you hear of relationships that end because, you know, people have somehow grown apart. But I think so much of this is down to two people not really communicating along the paths of their life and then yeah. coming to a point where they realise they're just on different pages altogether. Yeah. I love the idea of kind of making a time and yeah. just sticking to that time yeah. because Communication isn't always easy and it can be a conversation that can be a little bit difficult. But I think knowing that it's coming and kind of preparing what you want to say to your partner, you know, even if it's writing a list or whatever, it just kind of helps you get to that point and be able to talk about those things that you just mentioned. Yeah, and make it normal and make it not so scary. Yeah. So kind of within this, if you are in a relationship and you've started to feel that you're growing apart, like you said, because maybe you don't ever do this, maybe you never check in with one another. How do you kind of initiate having those conversations with a partner that maybe isn't a great communicator? Well, the thing is it's never too late. You can essentially do it, you know, at any stage of Mm. relationship if you've just started to date or, you know, you're 20 years in and you've got kids, no matter your situation, you can just start asking these questions. And I'll talk a little bit more about sort of dating each other um, a bit later, but incorporating into those things, you know, when Mm. you're out on a date, just, you know, asking those questions, building that intimacy, you can do it when you're sitting down at dinner together, you know, you can do it before you go to bed, you know, just making a routine out of it and a habit out of it is the most important thing for sure. And how do you go about it? Because having these conversations is difficult. So how do you stop yourself from being on the defence? You know, because when you or your partner start to get a little bit, oh, my God, I didn't do that or I didn't say that or, like, you know, you get defensive and angry, it can turn into an argument rather than a conversation. Absolutely. So how do you kind of navigate through that? Definitely learning to fight fair Yeah. because, you know, people can get defensive and often, Mm. you know, they're getting defensive because they've been triggered by something. So really like looking into that deeply. And that's what therapy is also really good for, understanding yourself at that deeper level and understanding your partner at that deeper level and understanding, you know, why they're getting defensive about these things. But Mm. always trying to, I think it's so important to put yourself in your partner's shoes and really actively listen when you're having a conversation with them because people can sort of sit there waiting to say their part, waiting, you know, becoming defensive. But put yourself in your partner's shoes, really have a listen to what they're saying, listen to the deeper issue there because they wouldn't be bringing these things up if it wouldn't if it wasn't hurting them and mm. you know try you have to hold back that defensiveness because it's a really it's a it's a it's not a good quality and no. it's one of I don't know if you know the Gottman Institute I've done a little bit of training with them and yeah. they're you know experts in all things relationships and they have these four horsemen which are essentially the four biggest predictors of separation in relationships. And one of them is defensiveness because it is such a toxic behavior and it really does pull people apart. Mm. So it's definitely one to avoid for sure. Okay. So put yourself in their shoes and listen. Listen. Because it's true that you say that. I mean, I know I've done that and I probably still do. Yeah. We all do. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. That you kind of 
you know, if you start feeling something, it's getting under your skin a little bit. Yeah. You're like, okay, what am I going to say? Yeah. Like, how do I respond and to this? And you make and, a story in your head. Yeah, and yeah. then you're not actually even listening mm. to what they're trying to express to you. Yeah. And that's where. Because you're anticipating what they're yes, going to say and yeah. how you're going to respond. And how I'm going to respond because yeah. like, oh, my God, I didn't do that or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, so it's interesting. It's It really does come down to those active listening skills. And yeah. Just, yeah putting yourself in their shoes like Absolutely. you said so and it can be hard yeah. in an argument and things like that of but course. O- over time and with yeah. practice and if you're really struggling with it again sometimes mm-hmm. that's just a reason like to see someone yeah. and get that expert advice yeah amazing yeah communication it's i feel like it's the be on end it definitely is <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i love those little um practices and tips and yeah starting to get into those routines is- yeah Important. And yeah. another one I was going to mention was yeah. the regular date nights. Okay. I th- yeah. I'm a firm believer that you should continue to date your partner for life. You yeah. know, a date night every week or fortnight at the bare minimum is key. Mm. And it's something that keeps a spark alive. It makes a habit out of prioritizing the relationship yeah. as well. And you need that when times get tough, when you need that closeness. And I think it's something that's overlooked, especially when people yeah. move in together because they're spending so much time together. Mm. But is that time quality time and is it intentional is the yeah. real question there. And the last thing you want in a, in a relationship is to start acting like housemates that sleep in the same bed. Yes. It's the yeah. last thing you want. So, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, it's different with kids and you don't have time. And I understand that. But if it's a priority, you will find that time. And mm-hmm. things don't need to be complicated or fancy or expensive. Yeah. You know, it could be a situation where, you know, the kids go to bed and you have a little candlelit dessert, mm-hmm. you know, and you play some games. You know, my favourites are Flex Mummy has some card games, which are amazing. And yeah. the Gottman Institute has this free app called Card Decks. Yeah. And you play these questions with your partner to get to know them a little bit better and you amazing. build that intimacy. And all of this links with the check-ins as well because you yeah. can, on these date nights, bring in those check-ins and really make sure you're looking after each other and just build a healthy habit around dating your partner and building that excitement and that intimacy and things like that. I do agree with that completely because, you know, when you get not comfortable, but when you're, you know, you you kind of at the start of a relationship, it is so fun and exciting because you don't have boring dates. You you plan, (laughs) you know, you both put in equal effort. You know, your partner will organise something, you organise something, you'll be doing things together. And that's how it could continue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then it's like it sucks that it kind of gets into that oh, well, now we're together or now we're living together. So, like, we don't have to try anymore because, like, (laughs) we got each other. Like, but it's not even about that. It's about creating a fun experience together and and having memories. Memories, that's it. You know, like you said, you do get to know each other deeply on those on those dates and, yep. you know, no matter what they are, it's just being intimate and yeah. being together. Really and, setting time aside yeah. and, you know, phones away, really, mm. you know, completely in the moment with each other Yeah, because there's so many distractions in life. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's busy. Everyone's got their things. Exactly. So I think it just makes you feel loved, I and, guess. And if it's the person you want to spend the rest of your life mm. with, it's such an important and valuable relationship yeah. to work on as well. Yeah. You don't want to just get comfortable and stop no. caring about impressing each other. Like, I don't know, it's fun to put on a cute dress and go out yes. for dinner and just like get dressed up and, but even just hanging out at home. Yeah. There's so there's so many options out there. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> so I want to now get into love languages. Yes. So we hear a lot about these, but what exactly are they? And how do we go about learning and understanding our partner's love language? 
And why is that important in a relationship? So this is probably my favourite part. I've chewed yeah. so many people's ears <laughs> off about love languages and they need to start paying me, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so the principle is that people have different personalities mm-hmm. and therefore different ways to show love and the ways they like to receive love. So by learning yours and your partner's love language preferences, you're able to better understand your partner's need needs, which in turn leads to greater relationship satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So there's five love languages. They are words of affirmation, which is saying, you know, I love you and giving mm-hmm. compliments, things like that. As quality time, which is spending uninterrupted time together, you know, those dates and yeah. time away from the phone, things like that. Gift giving, pretty self-explanatory, you know, buying your, buying your partner flowers on the way home. Acts of service, doing a chore for them that they hate doing. Like, yeah. I will never take out the bins. I hate taking out the yeah. bins. <laughs> so yeah. for me, that that's really nice when someone does that for me. Physical touch, you know, cuddling, hand-holding, things like that. And every relationship uses a bit of these, but people will often have, you know, one or two primary ways mm. they love to receive love. And it doesn't matter what you are and what your partner is. But what matters is that you're willing to learn what your partner's is and show them love in the way they like to receive it because it makes them feel wanted and, mm-hmm. you know, loved and like you're putting in that effort. And doing the test is a really good way of starting the conversation yeah. about your needs in the relationship. So that's on, I think it's like fivelovelanguages.com. It's yeah. quite easy to search. It's a really quick test. You can do it. I recommend doing it like every six months or a year because needs change. Yeah. And in every relationship, your needs change. So if you did it, the test in a previous relationship you might have some new scores in this one and it gives you some information on how someone can show you love in that way so it's just mm-hmm. about expressing that to your partner and saying you know yeah this is what I like and this makes me feel loved and this makes me feel close to you I do feel like your love language they do change especially as you get older yeah. or your priorities change whatever it is and I think it just makes it easier when you can understand what, how your partner or even how you, mm. like yourself, how you receive love yep. because everyone receives love differently and we all kind of want to feel it in a different way mm. and, and I think that just makes it a little bit easier. It does. When you both understand that and you're on the same page with things. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know how to, like before I learn about this stuff mm. and I feel like I'm pretty, you know, I, I know a lot about this sort of stuff, but before I really learned about the love languages, I didn't understand exactly what yeah. things made me feel loved. I knew yeah. in general, you know, but it really breaks it down for you. And it's so it's so much easier to communicate when it's like I when I'm stressed, I need yeah. a hug, you yeah. know, when or when I'm stressed, I like when you do a few more things around the house because I don't mm. have to worry about it. So, yeah helps you break it down like that's good amazing love it so we can do i've done that online i think oh, good. yeah it's it's Had the conversation and stuff yeah of yeah, course it's, really it's good it? might have to do it again. yeah what are your two do you remember um, what they are? mine are physical touch same. and quality time me too oh no this way we are the same person <laughs> this is getting weird isn't I it know. <laughs> ever since hannah got here we've been like i do this oh i do that too we're like on the same page with everything oh <laughs> Great. Meant to be. Meant to be. Oh, yeah. So they're my love languages and I feel (laughs) – I never knew that before, to be Mm. honest, in all my past relationships. I never even knew about the love languages. And then at the start of my relationship that I'm in now, I did the test and I feel like I was like, okay, I understand why when this happens I get upset or I get frustrated. And I do feel like it actually helped me communicate things clearer in a non-aggressive way because, you know, you kind of can say, I understand that this is happening, but this is how I receive love. And that's where you can create boundaries as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, boundaries for yourself and boundaries for your partner because – 
you know, we all have needs in a relationship exactly. and we all have things that we require to feel loved and, you know, we should never kind of compromise who we are exactly to suit a person we're dating, I yeah. guess. So, and and yeah. the thing with that as well, and I've been in a really similar mm. sort of situation before where I didn't understand mine and me and my partner had very different love yeah. languages and I just didn't feel like he would have been trying to show me love and he would yes. have thought that, you know, I was, was trying to right do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because that was his way of doing it. Yeah. And I was on the other end feeling like I wasn't getting anything. Yeah. yeah. So that miscommunication in mm. love languages can be really difficult if you don't know what they are because yeah. one person's trying and the other person just doesn't feel like they are. Yes. Interesting. It's crazy. It is. Carrying on from the dating, we, we talked about why it's important to go on dates and to keep that spark alive mm. within your relationship. Following on from that, how do we make it fair between both parties in a relationship so it's not always one person planning everything? So I'm kind of thinking like, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship mm. or you've been with someone for a really long time or even at the start, I guess, same thing. How do you kind of make it fair and, and yeah. Go Share. one for one. Yeah. Okay. One person, does, even like surprise dates are so much fun. Yeah. I love getting surprised for stuff, with stuff like yeah. that. So one partner organises something, you know, that maybe they like, maybe they, they're more of an outdoors person. So they yeah. take you outdoors and do something like that. Mm. And the other person ne the next week will organise something, making sure. And then if you feel like your partner's being a bit slack and not really, yeah, yeah not really. Pulling their weight. Yeah, on their turn. <laughs> have a chat with them about it and just okay. say, this means a lot to me and I like yeah. it when you put effort into this. Mm. Um, again, open communication, just discuss yeah. how you're feeling about it because I've definitely been in that position in past relationships where I just felt like it was me mm. organising everything and then it just, you almost don't want to do you it anymore. You don't want to do it. It doesn't yeah. feel fun. Exactly. It's not exciting because you're like, oh, do you even want to be yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exactly one for right. one. I like it. Yeah. Good. And And like you said, if you're not getting what you need, communicate back yeah. to those, you know, that communication point that you made right at the start. Now, I truly believe for every relationship to be successful, you need to continue working on yourself as an individual in order to bring more to your relationship. What are your best tips on this and recommendations and how do we do that? You know, how do we continue to work on ourselves and yeah. When your cup is full, you bring yeah. more to the relationship. Mm -hmm. So just maintaining focus on that. You should never rely on your partner to fill up your cup completely. Like they yeah. will to an extent, they make you happy and they yes. will to an extent, but they should never be the sole reason for your happiness. Mm. Find what makes you happy and brings you purpose in life. You know, spend quality time with your friends and family. Learn to love yourself. Self-love is insanely important. It sets a tone for how you want others to treat you yeah. in relationships and that's relevant with friendships as well. If you don't have this, you might lower your standards, accept bad treatment from people, exhaust your partner by needing constant validation and reassurance. Mm. You know, you might project fear or insecurity into your relationships. All these things will eventually f affect your relationship as yeah. well. And, you know, for me, my story was that before I had the self-love stuff down pat, I would find myself in relationships with the wrong people and this constant mm. toxic cycle would go, you know, round and round in circles and I was really confused about why this was happening. I read this amazing book by Zoe Foster Blake. It's called Love. Oh, I don't that's know. my favourite book. <laughs> this is so weird. How good is it? It's my favourite book as oh, well. It, it literally, changed my life. It's insane. I got out of a really bad relationship and I Me read too. that book and I was like, I'm a new woman. Me too. This is the best time of my life. It's amazing, <laughs> Amazing. Isn't it? I love her. And I love how it goes yeah. into all the different aspects of love. It's yes. like self-love, then, yeah. you know, love when you're going through a breakup, then mm. love when you're in a relationship and like yeah. dating and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Like, I'm literally getting goosebumps. I know. <laughs> 
it, it just, and there was this point in there that really stuck with me. And it was, you know, when you are single or, you know, even just when you're working on yourself, like going back to more single, but that's a time in your life that you will never get back again. You know, exactly. there's only few experiences in your life where you're like, I'm completely selfish. I'm going to work yeah. on myself. So you've got to make the most make of it. Make the most of it. And it kind of teaches you how to love who you are as a person. Exactly. And, you know, if your relationships aren't going well, it's a time to also look at what what am I offering? Like yeah. what, you know, I've got this list of things that I want from my partner, but mm. what am I, yeah. what am I giving? You know, what are my, you know, great qualities and what do I offer this other person and how can I be better as a human for myself? Yeah, exactly. Not just for another person, but for me. So mm. then when I'm in a relationship that can kind of, wow, look at that. This chick's amazing. I know. Like, awesome. Look at her self-worth. Yeah, look at her yeah. confidence exactly. and her self-worth. Yeah, yeah. It, makes, it definitely makes you a more attractive person yes. just to be even for friends to mm. be around like yeah. when you have that self-love and mm. I, yeah I've it changed my life as well yeah. that book and that's where everything changed for me I moved to mm. I remember I moved to Adelaide soon after reading that yeah. and I became so aware of red flags and because yeah. I knew my worth I didn't settle for any less than that mm. and you know I found you know the person that I've yeah. like actually deserved and mm. compared to everyone else I've dated in my past like I look back, I'm like, how, why was I doing that? Why was I settling for why that? Why was I staying because I was, you know, I thought I deserved that. Or, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy. But some ways to achieve self-love, first of all, stop comparing yourself to others. We do mm. this all the time. And yeah. it's really, it's so sad to think about because as individuals, like, you know, that is so important that we're different to other people. And even, you know, in dating and things like that, people get so hung up on rejection. And yeah. I always say, why would you want to be everyone's cup of tea? You'd be so boring yeah. if everyone liked you. Yeah. Like the thing that makes you you is really important. So love yourself and stop comparing yourself to others. Mm. Surround yourself with people that encourage you is really important. Learn about yourself. Learn about your triggers, your attachment style. Think about what you've learned from past relationships so that you don't continue them later in life. And this might mean booking and seeing therapists. Yeah. And really, yeah, getting, getting into the nitty gritty of it. Celebrate your wins no matter their size. Be proud of yourself. Speak to yourself in a positive, encouraging way. Like this was really hard for me, especially, yeah. you know, as a teenager and, and growing up. And it is for so many women. We're so hard on ourselves yep. in so many ways. And I write things on my mirror now. You know, I, I write down on my mirror to expe express gratitude every day and I have a little affirmation there. And, yeah. you know, tell, like, making sure I remember like who I really am and yeah. that I am worth it. So expressing um, express yourself through things you enjoy, like mm. music, painting, the clothes that you wear, find something you love doing, yeah. step out of your comfort zone and try new things. Like I, I mentioned before, I moved to Adelaide. It was something I never thought I'd do. I'm yeah. not a risk taker at all. And it has been the best decision I've ever made in my wow. life. And, you know, take risks and worst case scenario, just go yeah. back. You know, exactly. You can make it work and nourish your body through good food and movement. Yes. Yeah. That's a very important one as well. Yeah. Wow. So they're really all, you know, they're things that we all know we should do. Absolutely. You know, we know we need to be kind to ourselves. We know we need to look after our mind and our body and, you know, live a life that we're proud of and exactly. express ourselves. You know, we're not here to be like every other person. Yeah. And, you know, I do think we... It, 
it's it is hard to get out of that and it is hard to like you know now with social media oh, to yeah. you know constantly be like oh well, all these girls are doing this and everyone else is doing them. that and you know this all person why don't I look yeah. like this or and like you said just unfollow those yeah. people if there are people that are making you feel that you're not good enough mm. They're the people you need to stay away from yeah. because it's about you and it's about improving you. And at the end of the day, we all have something so special to offer the world. Absolutely. We all do. And it's just acknowledging that. And it takes a long time to be like, yeah, I'm an awesome person. Mm. Like, I'm great. I've got all these great qualities and yeah. I have a lot to offer. It's not an easy thing to say and actually believe it yeah, as well. Yeah, it's convincing yeah. yourself that's the hardest yeah, part for sure. Exactly. But doing all those things every day, that's what's going to help you get there. And, you know, one of the things that I read in Love was, you know, males, and this is I'm talking about a male-female situation Mm. here, but, you know, when a woman starts dating and, you know, that's I feel like a lot of it's it's very hard to kind of stop yourself from looking at everything on the external and and comparing yourself and all those things and putting this person first before yourself, you know, but. There was this bit that I read in that book and it said a boy would never cancel his footy practice. Exactly. A boy would never cancel boys' night. So why are you constantly cancelling things for yourself? You know, why are you constantly not going to your yoga class or your gym class or seeing your girlfriends and, you know, and putting other people before yourself? It's about being selfish. and. How am I going to give back to myself today? And what am I going to do to show myself love? And exactly, it's just that so many is things. Such a good point. Yeah. And oh my god, I could go into so yeah. much about dating as well. <laughs> like, um, so much on that. But yeah, yeah absolutely, prioritizing yourself. Yeah, always, absolutely. always, always. And obviously, like when you get in a relationship, your partner is super important to you. Yeah. But you just can't let go of all of that, no. all of the things that make you happy, because. Yeah. You want to be the best version of the partner you can be to them as well. Absolutely, yes. So there is such a stigma around couples counselling and it is, I definitely know it's seen as a last resort. You know, it's seen as a, oh, my God, if there's nothing else going to work, then we have to try this. But it's there's such a stigma around it, you know. Absolutely. Why are you passionate about breaking that stigma and starting to normalise young people and couples seeking those services to learn how to deal with relationship complexities and strengthen their relationship in those early stages? Basically because the sooner the better before Mm. damage is done. You know, therapy in general is becoming so much more normalised, especially within younger generations, which is amazing. But couples therapy, like you said, is still lagging behind massively. And, yeah, like you Mm. said, I think people see it as you go to couples therapy if you're 40 years old and you're married and everything's about to fall apart. But sometimes at that point, it's way too late anyway. You know, the damage has been done. Things have been said. Things have been done that have just are potentially too, too much to fix. Mm. So the aim of what I want to do is encourage young people to look at it with more of a proactive approach rather than a reactive approach when things are really bad and learn to deal with issues early in a relationship before they snowball and like fix things before the damage has really been done. So We've all grown up with so much stuff from our past, which we bring into current relationships, you know, attachment, things like that. So, and we do this both consciously and unconsciously. And the aim of therapy is to understand this Mm. and how to work through it in order to live in a happier, healthier relationship. So fundamentally, you know, therapy teaches people how to sustain a healthy relationship Mm. over time with themselves, with their loved ones. A few reasons people seek couples counselling might be 
communication issues, trust has been broken. You know, it could be something big like infidelity or it could be little things that have happened a long time that have caused that breakage in trust or it could be, you know, you've got trauma from the past which is is really causing a struggle in terms of that, that whole feeling like housemate stuff, you know, Mm. you you know, feel that intimacy or sex has dropped off. Or you've even, even if you've just been through a difficult life event, you know, you could have experienced loss or something as tragic as a miscarriage can really affect a couple. And just that whole, you know, feeling disconnected. These are all reasons people see couples counsellors mm-hmm. and things don't have to be bad. You might have had one fight that just keeps going around in circles and you're really stuck on it. Yeah. And, you know, I've watched, um, you know, through my training, I've watched videos of couples in arguments um, trying to resolve things and, a therapist will, you know, have a couple sitting in front of them mm. and ask them to discuss, you know, a sensitive topic that they keep fighting about and they'll bring it up and then they'll ask, you know, they'll ask, you know, the girl to talk about yeah. it and they'll say to the guy, so what did she say? And he'll say, well, she's saying this. And she'll say, no, I'm not. And yeah. they're just completely miscommunicating yeah. what they're trying to say and then yeah. that's why they're butting heads constantly. So sometimes when you have a third party there to say, look, she's hearing this, you're hearing this, like, we need to work yeah. on what you're saying because things aren't coming across right and how do we do this and let's make a plan. Let's mm-hmm. make a plan to discuss this even if it's once a week and really work through these issues together. It's so important. And, yeah, yeah I think people are really recognising the importance of because you, your mind, your mental health, your brain are so important. Yeah. And just because you don't see them like you do your body and, yeah. you know, you can see if someone's, you know, look, not looking after their body, for example, mm. but you can't see if someone's not looking after their brain. Yeah. And it needs to be normalised just like exercise is, just like eating good is. Yeah. Looking after your brain should be that same conversation. 100%. And it's sad that is stigma, but I think hopefully with time that will change. That'll break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. (laughs) So for anyone who wants to better their relationship and learn more from you, where can they come and find you? They can find me on underscore strong foundations on Instagram. Beautiful. And it is the most aesthetically pleasing Instagram ever. And <laughs> the content you. is amazing. So, so sweet. yeah, no, it's, I, I love your social media. As soon as you started your page, I think I followed you straight away. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so helpful. So many good resources. I love yours too. Stop oh, it. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing all of that. I feel like I personally got so much out of it. Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes these are all just little reminders that we need, you know, reminders of, why communication is important, yeah. how we can work through it. And relationships are so important to us. Yeah, and you it know? doesn't have to be a scary thing. Yeah, exactly. And this is kind of just a way to reflect and help and take that scary part away. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Of course. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to share us on your socials. Sending lots of love to you all. Bye. Bye.